Amen, amen. Round of applause for the praise and worship team. All right now, amen. One announcement I forgot. Thank you, media team. Men's breakfast. Men's breakfast this Sunday. Um, nine o'clock in the morning right here in the building. Men's breakfast before the service. Uh, nine o'clock sharp. Uh, be great to see every man here in men's breakfast this Sunday, nine o'clock. It's the first Sunday of every month. But this one falls on the 5th, this Sunday, men's breakfast. Uh, amen, amen. God bless you. Turn in your Bibles with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. You know, this month being the 1st of February and the 1st of our fasting February, we've called a fast for the month of February because I'm praying I'm really contending for a great awakening right here in Hull. Can you say amen in this place? I'm praying for a great awakening right here in this community, in this nation, and in the nations of the world. You see, because sometimes when we look at the Western world, you know, we, we should be the ones that are continuing on with the gospel, but we're moving away from the gospel in mass. Especially this country, many great preachers came from these islands. Many great, great preachers came and spread the gospel from this country. But as you look at this country today, you see we're moving further and further away. You can just take a five-minute drive any Anywhere in Hull and you'll see empty church buildings that once used to be full of life, full of energy. Now they're boarded up with spray paint on them and blocked up. Some of them are different things. I remember I saw one in Derby that got sold and they turned it into a mosque. Now we're moving away from what God has done and I'm praying, I've called a fast because I'm praying that we as the body of Christ can turn our face to God and say, no, we're not having this no more. We can turn our face to God and say, God, we need you to move. So what we want to look at today is the spiritual discipline of fasting. And I've entitled it nice and simple, this sermon, as spiritual discipline. You see, because sometimes we mention fasting uh, and, you know, some people know what fasting is. Uh, um, in the secular world, uh, people say fasting, oh, because it's, it's to do with health. Oh, what are you doing? I'm intermittent fasting. I want to shed some pounds. So I'm intermittent fasting. So you've got all these fads now. People don't eat, but they go gym. I don't know how that happens or how they don't just die on the, on the bench if they push something without no energy. But people do that. They, they, they go to the gym fasted in a fasted state. And so fasting is, is not necessarily new to the secular world now because uh, they do it just to look good. And even in the, in the religious world, we say fast, and you say fast, and you kind of link it towards uh, the, 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 our Muslim brothers, right? They, they, on Ramadan, they, they abstain from, from, uh, from foods for a certain amount of time, for the daylight or so on, uh, and in the evening they can eat. Uh, mind you, if you had any friends that did that at work, you know, they're doing all sorts of nonsense in between the day, smoking, swearing, cussing, all stuff, but they're fasting, though. So fasting isn't a new thing, isn't a new phenomenon, uh? But I want to actually talk about the spiritual discipline of fasting. Because there is a spiritual aspect. That's why we have called a fast for February. Not because we don't like food. Can you say amen in this place? 
I'm the number one person that says, listen, food, I love food. But sometimes we need to say, listen, I need to put that aside and we're going to look at reasons why we're doing that. So fasting, it is biblical, it's a spiritual discipline and it is the means of voluntary reducing or giving up food for a specific time period. And it is really linked together with prayer. And that's what we're doing here. So there's t- different types of fast. You're going to have a partial fast where you, uh, you, you refrain from certain types of food. Some people say, okay, I'm not going to eat meat. That's a fast on meat. Some people, um, they have a juice fast where they say, I'm not going to have any solids at all. I'm just going to drink uh, juice. And then there's a full, full fast where it's just you just have water and nothing else. And uh, with the fasting, there's certain time periods. People say, okay, I'm just going to fast for the daylight and then I'll eat in the evening evening uh, for a couple of days or people say I'm going to fast for the whole thing for a couple of days but what we need to understand is that it is not just a thing that we do just to look good or have a tick in the box it is actually biblical and it has some spiritual connotations and we're going to look in our text so our text in Matthew chapter 6 is taken from the most famous sermon on the mount chapter 5 and through to chapter 7 where Jesus touches on many different topics to do with Christian conduct. He speaks about many different things um, uh, and and our text comes right after he gives his disciples a a plan on how to pray. He teaches them how to pray um, and our text comes right after that and it reads here, Matthew 16, um, verse number, sorry, Matthew 6, sorry, uh, verse number 16, the Bible says, uh, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disguise their faces uh, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, uh, so that you uh, do not appear to men to be fasting, uh, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret uh, will reward you in the open or reward you openly. I want to look firstly at fasting being a spiritual tool in our arsenal or in our armory. You see, Jesus shows us that this is actually expected of a disciple. It's not something that, okay, maybe this is going to do, or maybe you can think about doing it. No, the way Jesus started this, it was an expectation. He says, when you fast. He didn't say if you fast, or if you think about doing so, it says when you fast. So Jesus is actually expecting that his followers will actually take up this procedure and fast. Why? Because it is a tool in our spiritual armory. It's a tool in our spiritual arsenal. It is used to go through and enter or push through things in the supernatural. Look at 2 Corinthians 10 and verse number 3 to 4. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, in other words, though we have our being in the natural, though we live right here in a natural realm of things, it says we do not war according to the flesh. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal or not worldly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. This is one of those tools. Fasting is one of those weapons that we use to bring down strongholds. We don't have weapons, the Bible says here, that are physical that would do that thing. We have things that are spiritual. And people don't understand, you see, because I remember growing up in university 
We was in, we was from London, uh, in, uh, in Derby. And for some reason, the Derby folks didn't really like us. I don't know if it was our accent. I don't know if it was where we came from. I don't know if it was, uh, we could dance better than them. I don't know what it was. But they didn't like us. So because of that, uh, uh, we, we, we sometimes got ourselves into altercations. Uh, and because of that, you couldn't go clubbing and just, just normal. You had to go, what my friends used to call as tooled up. You had to bring weapons with you. And some of the stuff they brought, I was like, God, what are you going to do with that? I was thinking, because that wasn't me. I didn't come from that kind of background. But when I was rolling in these circles, people were carrying things. I was like, bro, are you actually going to use that? I remember one of them was carrying a, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, dumbbells have like a metal bar where you put the weights on. You take the weights off, you just got a metal bar. I remember him coming out with his child. I was like, what are you going to do with that, bro? I'm going to the club to go do some dance moves. What are you going to do with that? But the thing is, this is the idea we have. When there's trouble, we've got to take some sort of physical weapon so we can defend ourselves. The Bible says the weapons that we have, followers of Christ, are not carnal. In other words, they're not physical like that. You can't take it. They are spiritual because we don't war against our flesh and blood. We war against things that are outside of that. So we need a spiritual armory in order to fight. And these weapons, the Bible says, are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Can you say amen? in its place and when we reach into our armor and take up the the tool of fasting this draws a line in the sand this says listen I'm going to step across I'm going to push past and move in the supernatural because it says God I need you more than I need food right now and how many know that's a basic need of the body is food we need to digest food in order to live and when we fast we're saying God I need you more than I need my basic needs of life right now I'm going to put you above even satisfying my own flesh I'm going to put you above all of that and I'm going to Focus on you. And there's a few things that fasting does uh, that I want to kind of focus on. Um, so we understand what we're doing. Uh, and if you haven't joined us, uh, maybe you want to join us um, after this. Uh, but the first thing I want to look at fasting does is that uh, it humbles us uh, before God. In a couple of services, I, I spoke about humility. I spoke about being humble. When we fast, we humble ourselves before God. We recognize that he is the highest in rank and highest in authority. It humbles us. You know, the book of Jonah, fantastic story, uh, the prophet Jonah. You know, much is said about the prophet himself, about how he ran away from God and how he was swallowed up by a huge fish and then he repented, etc., etc. But we sometimes forget about the people that he went to go and preach to. Sometimes we forget about the people who lived in Nineveh where God told him to go and preach. Because when he preached, he gave, he did finally repent and went to Nineveh. He went to give the message that God gave them. And the Bible says in Jonah 3 and verse number 5, it says, So the people of Nineveh believed God and then proclaimed a fast. And put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. You see, the pride of life that they had. Because they, they was living a life saying, we can do whatever we want. We can go wherever we want. That's a pride of life. But when they heard the words of God and it was preached to them, the pride melted away and they humbled themselves before God. They recognized who God was. And because of that, it changed the entire outcome of what God was going to do. When the people humbled themselves before God, God relented and no longer says, okay, I'm not going to destroy you anymore because you've humbled yourself. 
Because you know who I am. Because you see that I am the great I am. And once they saw that, once they humbled themselves, literally God moved or changed his decision about that. We see Daniel. Daniel was praying for his people who were still in bondage. We see the response that he gets after he's praying. In Daniel 10 and verse number 12, it says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Well, how did Daniel humble himself? How did he do that? Well, that's where we get the word Daniel fast from. Right here in Daniel chapter 10 and verse number 2, it says, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three weeks were fulfilled. So Daniel humbled himself by fasting. So the first thing fasting does, it humbles ourselves before God. It brings us low before God. And we know, we spoke about this before, that when we humble ourselves, God is the one that is then going to exalt us. Can you say amen in this place? We recognize that God is the great I am. He is the highest. He has all the authority. When we fast, we humble ourselves. When we fast, we also feed our spirit. That sounds, that sounds like an oxymoron, but no, when we fast, when we stop that, we actually feed our spirit and we deny our flesh. And we do that because there's a war going on between our flesh and our spirit. There's a continual fight going on. And think about feeding our flesh. Listen, we don't think twice about feeding our bodies three times a day. Maybe sometimes more if you're like me. Come on now. We don't think twice about feeding our bodies, about eating our favorite foods. We do it all the time. But when we fast, listen, we feed our spirit and we need to continue to feed our spirit because what you feed will succeed. If you continue to feed your flesh and your flesh alone, well, then your flesh will become strong, strong. Your spirit will become weak. And then you'll be struggling and going through life, not understanding why can't I make this? Why can't I break through? Why am I always going through these issues? Because what you feed will succeed. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I beg you, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. The flesh is literally in contest with the spirit or the soul. It's like there's two desires. And when we feed our flesh and deny our spirit, we become weak in the power and the things of God. But our aim is to deny our flesh and feed our spirit. So as we say to our flesh, we say to our stomach, no, I know you're hungry, but I'm not going to have no food right now. We're saying to our flesh, I have dominion over you. Can you say amen in this place? We're saying I have self-control. And we know that self-control is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We're saying I'm going to seek God in this place rather than seek a hamburger. Can you say amen in this place? I'm going to turn towards God because when you fast, you now all of a sudden have time you had time where breakfast, lunch and dinner, you've got at least an hour there that you can just mix up and say, instead of serving my flesh, I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face. You're going to say flesh. You can sit down for a second. I'm trying to give my spirit some food that it can eat. Can you say amen in this place? So fasting feeds our spirit and denies our flesh. 
Fasting also, and this is one of the biggest ones here, fasting brings revelation. There are many things that we can take from the Bible and just follow. There's many things we can take. The Bible says don't commit adultery. I can just take that and run with it and follow it. The Bible says don't steal. I can do that. Don't murder. I can do that. There's many things you can pick up in the Bible. It just tells you categorically and you can take that, run with it and follow. But there are many things that are not actually in the Bible. There are many things that we have to discover for ourselves as we go through this Christian walk. There are many things. There are many decisions where the Bible doesn't give clear, absolute direction on where we need to go. So sometimes we need the revelation of God. Sometimes we need the hand of God to guide us on decisions we should take, on paths we should walk. We need the hand of God to show us when to do things, when not to do things, when to give, when to stay silent, when to speak, when to witness. We need the divine revelation of God. And we are involved in something that is supernatural. Can you say amen in this place? This church is not a natural thing. It is a supernatural organism and we are involved in this supernatural work but sometimes we try to address supernatural things in a natural way. And if we try and address a supernatural thing in a natural way, all we're going to get is natural results. And I don't want natural results because to change the heart of man is not natural. To change the heart of man is supernatural. Only God can do that himself. So as we come to church, we want to see the presence of God. We want to see people bow their knee before the Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. The only way we're going to do that, the only way we're going to see that is if we tap into the supernatural. We've got to leave our natural methods aside and say, God, I want to step across and move across into the supernatural. When Jesus said, listen, cast your net over that side and they brought a massive fish. That wasn't natural. Can you say amen in this place? That was a supernatural intervention from divine revelation. We need a divine revelation. Whenever we come together, we need to hear from God. We need God to move. And that happens when we use this supernatural tool called fasting. I want to look at Acts 13 with you, verse 1 to 3. And it's important because this particular moment, We can just read it as a a time in, in the Bible history. But this particular moment changed the course of history forever. Acts 13, 1 to 3, it says, Now in the church... There was an Antioch. There was a certain. There were certain prophets and teachers: Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius the Cyrene, uh, Menaean, who had been brought up from Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have uh, called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Now after they had fasted, that's when the Holy Spirit came and said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul because I have a job for them to do. 
after they had fasted and God gave them clear direction on what it is they need to do. After they had fasted, God gave them a work to do. God gave them a strategy. God gave them a design, a path to follow. And because of that prayer meeting, because those disciples prayed and fasted, listen, we are beneficiaries of that right now. Can you say amen in this place? This was the first time that the gospel started to move internationally across waters. This was the first time that it spread out across the Roman Empire. And because of that, went to Asia. Because of that, we are sitting here saved in our right mind, serving Jesus Christ because men and women fasted and got revelation from God. And because of that, they turned the world upside down because they fasted and laid hands on people. Listen, we're here as a body right now. We are fasting. We want to get a revelation from God because what's going on out there outside these doors is too big for us to handle in our natural shoes. We need to go in our fasted state and say, God, separate us to the work you have for us. Separate us for what it is you want us to do. Listen, when you look throughout the Bible, you see this tool being used at pinnacle moments and then breakthrough happen. We see Moses fasted before he received the Ten Commandments. We see the king Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. Listen, they were threatened by war. People were coming in and they were hemmed in all around and it says in 2 Chronicles 20 and verse number 3 and it says and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast and throughout all Judah everyone was fasting and the entire people stood before God and this was the response 2 Chronicles 20 and verse number 15 it says thus says the Lord do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude the battle is not yours but God's They got that revelation after fasting. A man of God stood up and gave them that revelation when they had fasted. Queen Esther saw a situation that was life or death. She said, tell all the people to fast. Nehemiah fasted before a huge building product. Jesus Christ himself, we know, went to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and he fasted before he stood and continued his earthly ministry. Can I tell you what we're doing this evening and what we'll be doing each Wednesday this month is supernatural and we're going to see breakthrough like we've never seen before. We're going to see God move and manifest in our lives, in our families, in our children, in our marriages, in our workplace like never before because we have humbled ourselves before God and we say, God, I need you more than I need that chicken McDonald's. Can you say amen? God, I need you more than sustenance for my body. I'm going to seek your face. And as we seek his face with true hearts, listen, I believe that there will be revelations before this month is out. God will speak to his people. Can you say amen in this place? God is going to speak to his people. Before this month is out, we're going to have a revelation of God like never before. We have a mighty weapon at our disposal. Mighty in God, the Bible says, for pulling down strongholds. It connects us to the supernatural. It humbles us before God. We recognize his superiority. It feeds our spirit as we deny our flesh. It brings revelation and help in a time of need. However, we can miss out on the eternal benefits of fasting because we can change the focus of the fast. 
You see, because when we fast, God needs to be the focus. Can you say amen in this place? When we call a fast, when we fast, when we abstain from food, God needs to be the focus of everything we do. You see, because true fasting is different just to abstaining from food. You could be here this whole month, every Wednesday, just abstaining from food and not actually truly fasting. You see, because the emphasis or the focus needs to be on God, but sometimes we direct it elsewhere. This is why Jesus said in verse number 16 of our text, he says, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men as being fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. You see, because in those days, he was talking to Jewish people. And in those days, uh, uh, the Jews had a custom. They fasted twice a week. Come on now, I'm just saying once a week for this month. Hey, they fasted twice a week on the second day and on the fifth day. So Monday and Thursday, they held a fast ritually every week. Monday and Thursday, they held a fast. Also in that day or in those days, Mondays and Thursdays were market days. In other words, that was the day the market opened. So the town would have many people coming through on the Monday and Thursday. So what that meant was a bigger audience in order to show how righteous I am when I'm fasting. Look at me, I'm fasting. Bible says that they would put on a sad countenance. They would rip their clothes. Uh, some of them would put uh, pale on their face. So they look pale. They mess up their hair. So you can, and they'll start moaning. Oh, I'm fasting to the Lord. I'm fasting to the Lord. So people can look at you and say, Oh, wow! Look how religious he is. Look how righteous he is. That's how they did it. And Jesus said, Listen, if you're fasting because you want to impress people, you might as well go, just go get yourself a cheeseburger. Because this have no effect. If you're fasting because you want to look good, then don't bother. Because that's not true fasting. If you're fasting and your focus is on how people are going to receive me or how it may look, then listen, that is no point in doing it. I remember speaking to one of my friends in a workplace. He was Muslim and he told me every Ramadan he'll come and have to boast about his fastings. Boast about, yeah, I've not eaten since this morning. I'm not going to be eating because this we do this, we do this. And he's just, he's living a life. I know the guy. He's living a life that's immoral. Living a life like a dog. You might as well just eat some food bro because you're fasting just because it looks good when our focus changes the fasting actually means nothing like I said at the beginning you know fasting we can put the focus on health benefits I remember speaking uh, to one brother uh, who we usually fast in a January after Christmas period he's like oh yeah good time for the fast it helps me get rid of the Christmas belly come on now Listen, if that's the reason you're fasting, you might as well just keep on eating. People look at the health benefits, say, when I fast, I'll maybe I'll, I'll fit into those jeans again. Come on now. When I fast, maybe, that, maybe the shirt will button up again. The button will just pop off as soon as I try and pop up. Maybe if I fast, they'll... Listen, that's not the reason we fast, even though it may have health benefits, even though it may look good. Yes, the reason we fast is to focus on God. Can you say amen in this place? We want to say, God, I want to come into a deeper relationship with you. God, I want to come into a more intimate relationship with you. I don't want to fast just because of these external benefits. This is an internal thing. That's the reason why Jesus said, listen, when you do it, do it in secret because when you do things in secret, it is to the internal. And the Bible says that when you do that, that God will see and reward you openly. Can you say amen in this place? 
I want to look lastly with you then about the open rewards. You see, this spiritual or this spiritual tool will have an effect on the natural. As we fast, as we take up uh, this discipline and we say, God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to seek you more than I seek food. As we hold down that spiritual discipline, it will play out in the natural. As we see, uh, we begin to see the face of God, we see his glory, it will play out in our lives. We would see things, prayers are like supercharged when we fast. Prayers are heard by God. We get God's attention when we say, I'm going to put that aside and God, I'm going to focus on you. Verse number 17 of our text, the Bible says, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who who is in a secret place and your father who sees in secret will then reward you openly. People will look at your life and will see the rewards of God, not because of the things you did externally, but because of the things you did internally. It is a righteous man of God or righteous woman of God that can fast and no one ever knows that you're fasting. Listen, I know right now we know each other's fasting because we've called a group fast and there's nothing wrong with that. We saw it in the book of Acts where they all fast and that's when God said, the Holy Spirit said, separate. So there's nothing wrong with that. But as we go, we're doing it with the right heart. Listen, as the first day of February, listen, I want to challenge you to really dig deep this month. Let's say, listen, this is the month we're going to get a revelation from God. This is the month things are going to change in our life. This is the month we're going to see God move supernaturally like never before. This is the month where I'm going to put aside distractions and I'm going to contend for my relationship. I'm going to get forward. The Bible says if we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. This is the month we're going to say, God, we're not going to go back and be distracted. We're going to do whatever it is you want us to do. Let's dig deep each and every Wednesday. Let's come to prayer. Let's come and say, God, I want to seek you. Because as we do that, we're going to see great and mighty things like you've never seen before. Who believes that in this place tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen, we need to hold this spiritual discipline. We need to take this spiritual discipline because it is a tool, a supernatural tool. And our tools that we have, the weapons of our warfare, are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for bringing down strongholds. And one thing that the enemy is good, is good at doing is trying to put up strongholds that will uh, stop us or hinder us. But thank God we've got weapons, we've got armory that can move those things out of the way pull those things out of our way and begin to unfold destiny in our life. Listen, if you stick around, you serve God long enough, you're going to see God move in a way that we've never seen before. We're going to see things that will blow our mind. Let's dig deep. Let's go deeper and say, God, I want to know you more. Who's with me in this place? Let's give him praise one more time in this place. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Spiritual discipline. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This month we've called, we've called it fast in February. Because I believe we're in a, we're right on the precipice of what God wants to do in this day and age. Through our lives, 
I believe in this generation we're going to see a great awakening. We're going to see a great turning back, a great revival. That men and women will begin to call upon the name of the Lord again. People will surrender again. And we will move, we will function victoriously. But that begins with a broken heart. That begins with a broken spirit before God as we humble ourselves. So maybe you're here under the sound of my voice. And you can't honestly say that you have humbled yourself before God. Maybe you're here under the sound of my voice and you can't confidently say that you've come before God broken. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity this evening to come, to come before God and say, God, I humble myself before you. You see, because we are all involved in in things that are against the law of God. We've all committed sin. We've all done bad things. And because of that, we need to be punished. It's justice. It's only right that we be punished for the bad things that we've done. But Jesus Christ came into the world to say, you know what, I love you so much. I'm going to take the punishment upon my shoulders so you don't have to. The gift of eternal life can be given to you only through Christ Jesus. So if you humble yourself and accept the free gift of salvation, you can be born again. You can be a new creation. The old you can pass away. The old life, the old sin can be dead, passed away. And you're now in life. Thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ. If you've never accepted that, you've never humbled yourself to say, you know what, God, I need to be new. I need you. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. If you want to be new, brand new, make heaven your home. Deny hell and its flames and its fires and make heaven your home. You want Jesus to be your Lord and personal Savior. Just raise your hand. Put that hand up. You want Jesus to be your Lord and personal Savior. In this place, front to back, left to right, Jesus Christ is knocking on the door of your heart. You want Him. You want Him. You're tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired in this place. Listen, you want freedom. The Bible says Jesus sets us free and who the Son sets free is truly free in Indeed, raise your hand in this place. You want Jesus Christ uh, to be your Lord and personal Savior. Maybe you're in this place uh, and you're backslidden. In other words, you used to follow Christ. You used to live a life uh, that was worthy, but then the world took you away. You've been taken away by the tide, pulled away, and now you're living far from God again. Well, today's the day to come back home. You want Christ to be uh, your Lord and Savior again. Backslidden, unsaved in this place, uh, put your hand up. uh, You want Jesus Christ uh, in your heart. uh, You want a new beginning in this place. uh. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Bless your name. Speaking to Christians in this place. Listen, this is a spiritual discipline that we have that we're talking about. There's things that are going on in your life. Things that are going on in your family. Things that are going on in your relationships. Things that are going on in your finances that are not natural. They're spiritual. There are things that you're coming to contend with that you're having to deal with that are not natural 
And because they're not natural, you have to deal with it in a supernatural way. You have to deal with it in a spiritual way. So let's hold down this spiritual discipline of fasting and let's take up our arms and bring down strongholds as we do that. Let's dig deep each and every Wednesday. We're going to say, God, I need you more than I need food. And we're going to pray. Listen, swap your eating times for praying time. Swap your lunch times for reading a word of God. Swap your dinner time to contend and seek the face of God and ask Him, oh, Lord to give you a revelation ask him to feed your spirit ask him oh Lord to give you all the things that he desires you to have let's take this spiritual discipline and let's slay giants in this place so come let's spend some time praying right now we're going to strengthen ourselves encourage ourselves as we call this fast this evening Father we thank you Lord God we bless your name Lord your people God we call upon your name God, we set ourselves to seek you, God. We set our face to seek you, God. Lord, we long for you, God. We pray, oh Father, God, in this time as we humble ourselves, God, you would hear our prayers. God, as we humble ourselves, God, you would reveal your power and your glory. God, there'll be a heavenly revelation, oh Father God, that this month, God, we will begin to see you move in ways we've never seen before. God, will begin to see you touch the hearts of men like never before. God, your fire would come down. Father, answer us by fire in the name of Jesus Christ. God, that we would see, oh God, your body, God, strengthened, enlarged. God, we would see, oh Father God, all that there is to see, oh Father God, great and mighty things in the precious mighty name of Jesus Christ, oh God. Have your way, Lord.